Hello, everybody. This is Sasha, and today we have a very intimate episode of the podcast where I interview one-on-one the returning guest and the returning co-host of this podcast. He is a comedian and a writer. Most recently, he wrote the comic book Robot Black Belt Champion, available on robotblackbeltchampion.com for free download for at least the very first issue. Welcome, Joe Cabello. Joe, what are you here to talk about? I'm here to talk about uh, Too Fast, Too Furious. Now, what is that? There's a Dutch movie, apparently, was made in the early 2000s called T.O.O. Fast, T.O.O. Furious. Is that what you're talking about? That is absolutely not what I'm talking about. Uh, (laughs) I do want to watch that. That sounds interesting. Uh, But no, this is what I think a lot of people consider to be the worst Fast and the Furious movie or among the worst Fast and the Furious movie. Now, the um, question is, is it because Vin Diesel, spoiler alert, there's got to be a lot of spoilers for this film, by, by the way, but yeah. Vin Diesel is not is not in this film, is he? He's not. Uh, you still get Paul Walker, and then you get uh, Tyrese Gibbon, Gibson, some stars there. Um, but I think people in general with Fast and the Furious... I don't like people who don't respect Fast and the Furious as a franchise because it's you you don't have to like it. Everybody has tastes. Like I might not like war movies or something like that. What don't you like? Um I don't watch a lot of like dramas, but not mm-hmm. that I don't like dramas, but I just don't watch them. Um but I can appreciate and respect when something is Done well. Well, Meryl Streep, you can you can respect that you exactly. Can, yeah, but I distance. don't feel like people are doing that with the Fast and Furious franchise. Like right. it doesn't. You could know that it's cheesy action and not like that, but you have to appreciate what how the franchise has grown, what they do, the intense action. Well, let's get into it. How does Too Fast, Too Furious, starring Paul Walker, start? I think, like, the first 15 minutes of the movie is just one, like, racing set piece. And it involves Paul Walker, who is now on the run, on the lam. That's right. Brian O'Connor, he fled from the LAPD to escape prosecution at the end of the first movie, first Fast and Furious. Yeah, the universally beloved Fast and Furious. That's right. He's now just, like, making money participating in illegal street races because there's a lot of that happening yeah and the thing that i like about this movie it gives so much context to um the brian character Mm -hmm. for like his actions in the first movie uh it kind of fills out his backstory as like no this guy is like a criminal and he tried to be a cop and just couldn't do it right we see him battle with uh his dark side and his good side for the rest of the series But in this movie, in Too Fast, Too Furious, we find him very young, very handsome. Young, dumb, full of cum. That's right. There's a lot of there's a lot of unreleased cum, I'd say, in this movie. Mm -hmm. It's chock full of it. (laughs) Because basically, there's nothing sexual going on except all the asses, right? Like, there's a lot of female bod. Yeah, true. This. There is some sexual energy between Brian and um, Eva Mendes, but there's no like. There's no real sex there. It's all just like a lot of visual, but I was 
um, rewatching it, I was like, man, this is like not a very sexual movie because a lot of the other ones, Vin Diesel will have sex or... Formally described as the least sexual actor on this podcast. <laughs> not by me. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's very sexual. I'm a big fan. So but what was... <laughs> <laughs> okay, what this was intro scene where um, there's going to be a street race between... Uh, couple racers but one of them's missing so we get the introduction of uh Ludacris's character in this movie who will come back and become a big part of the series which is also what's so cool about this movie it creates two of the biggest characters in the franchise with Tyrese's character and um Ludacris's and so the the car chase in the beginning is just pretty intense this uh the cars are just jumping this opening bridge yeah, they do a full bridge jump, which, how much money, do you know exactly how much money that race was for? Because I, I don't know if it's explicitly I don't know, said. they never say that. A little bit of money? Yeah, because, like, you do that jump, <laughs> and even if you survive, it's going to damage your car. So oh, no, what? Then it you damaged make, it. <laughs> you make three grand, and then you're like, okay, well, I have to fix my car for four grand. That's right, because when Ludacris' character calls Paul Walker and he says, would you participate in this race? He says, yeah, I could use a little bit of money. And then we see his car just smashing against the asphalt from like high, (laughs) uh, like drop. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy, crazy jump. That's why when I was watching, I was like, there is no way. How could they have done this stunt? But of course, that's one of the reasons why Fast and Furious is such a popular franchise, because especially in the beginning, you saw crazy stunts that you've never seen before. And people, the, the people who are doing them, the characters are so enthusiastic about it that you're just like, fuck yeah, this is sick to watch. Now, there's one character that I didn't think was very enthusiastic about it, and that's the only female racer in this film. Oh, the import model? Played by Devin Aoki, Steve Aoki's half-sister. Keep the fame in the family. <laughs> I think that's like the one thing she's done. Now, this lady apparently didn't have a driver's license uh, during the time of filming. So she was taking just plain driving lessons while the film was <laughs> <laughs> being made. And I think hers over the jump was a... Um like remote control car or something because they couldn't put a stunt person in a convertible. Which was like a Honda, a pink Honda S2000, a really cute car. A lot of cute cars and a lot of babes in this film. Yeah, and I was definitely like that uh, import car type of guy. Big fan Mm -hmm. of that. So every, every one of these cars is like exactly what I want. Some of them are a little too overdone like with too many decals and stuff, but I just love it. Uh, my favorite part about that race, too, is when Ludacris calls Paul Walker. Paul Walker's just gotten out of the shower with a towel on, and Ludacris says, get here in four minutes. <laughs> he would have had to put all his clothes on, which, let's say, even if you're going fast, that's 30 seconds. That could and- be just a separate short film, just about yeah. how fast... And furious Paul Walker is at putting on his clothes. Yeah, like four <laughs> minutes? Where were they? They had to be right around the corner. Yeah, the comedy version was be here in four minutes, and then he pulls out and he pulls right out of his garage into the event. So 
Paul Walker in this first race, he gets got, you know, he gets got by the police. It's an FBI sting. Yeah. His former boss, FBI agent Bilkins, shows up uh, alone with U.S. Customs agent Markham, played by the actor that was very big at the time because he was playing Dexter's dad on TV show Dexter. Uh, Dexter's dad is dead and he keeps showing up in Dexter's life. <laughs> I don't know it. No, this this is big. At the time, it was very, very hot show. And so uh, this actor, Markham, he's sort of the antagonist in some way, right? In this, I mean, he's one of the two antagonists in this film. Yeah, he's just the, like, bitch cop who keeps getting in the way. Right. Great voice. <laughs> and so Paul Walker's character is forced to go undercover and bring down this Argentinian drug lord, Carter Veroni. Yeah, they have to infiltrate. Yeah, he has to infiltrate, and if he does that, his criminal record will be erased. And so he doesn't want to go with just some random dude in the movie. He like basically asks to get his own partner. He builds his team. He builds his team real fast. He enlists the help of Roman Pierce, which, of course, is played by Tyrese. And I love uh, when Paul Walker first brings, uh, what is it, Bilkins to the junkyard or the whatever that what do you, destruction derby yard to uh, meet mm-hmm. Tyrese. He's like, whatever happens next, just let it go. And then immediately they start fighting. It's definitely homoerotic, which it's like almost <laughs> like they're greeting, right? It's that they had to get it out of the way. And it's not really violent. It's more like customary. I don't know. Like It's like they're fighting... As they've always fought as children. And it's like they have to repeat that ritual to get reintroduced to the state that they are. Yeah, it's not the type of fight where anyone's trying to hurt anyone. No, there's a lot of like squeezing with your inner thighs of (laughs) the other person's body. Like a tight hugs. And like a little bit, like nobody's trying to like take somebody's head and jam it against the ground, right? Like No, they're just trying to squeeze each other squeezing. with their thighs, pu- pushing <laughs> their hips upwards into the other person. And so uh, the squeeze fight clears out some air between them. There's still air to be cleared out later. But enough that uh, Tyrese's character is ready to, you know, listen to Paul Walker's character offering, you know, the erasure of the criminal records in exchange of the infiltration. Yeah, and at that point, Tyrese is just doing it for that reason. He still doesn't really trust Brian 100%. Because Brian is a cop, right? He was his like, you know, little brother, basically, like best friend in childhood. And they were criminal partners, and then he became a cop, right? And, yeah. and so he's pretty pissed about that. And so after that, they're issued two modified cars. So Evan Mendes... Of course, she's infiltrated Veroni's group like years ago, right? Yeah, so she's which super is like, that's implanted. crazy. <laughs> I, people who go undercover, that's insane. She's like way so comfortably in. She's been there for a long time. Like she's talking shit to the henchmen. That's how long she's been there. By the way, Veroni is not a very convincing like cartel. Like he's like the least Just favorite so of the for me. So tan. He is very tan and played by uh, Cole Hauser of the Warner Dynasty. I do like Cole Hauser as an actor. This is a weird role. It feels like it shouldn't be played by him, for sure. But I I do like what he does with it. He's interesting. I just finished watching Ozark season three. And, you know, no spoilers, just the cartel 
portrayal is like really scary in that that TV show. Like mm-hmm. you get so freaking scared. Like anytime you see Navarro, like the head of the cartel, or any people henchmen working for him. And then I immediately had to like watch this film to like get ready With for the recording. With a cartoonish version of a cartel. Yeah, lightly tanned. Uh, well, I guess heavily tanned for such a pale guy. Yeah, like they, they're really trying to make him look a different race, at least slightly. And he's not fooling anybody. Is it like an Argentinian thing? Like you can be white, but still say you're Argentinian? Is that is that what's going on? I don't think they thought that far into it. They just said like, <laughs> hey, let's get Cole Hauser. Then somebody's like, but he aren't the cartel members usually, you know, not guys that look like that. And then they're like, just give him a tan. But he is, he kind of lets people talk shit to him, including mm. Eva Mendes' character. She's poking fun of him, talking shit to him. Yeah. It feels like at any point he's going to like lose his power and he wouldn't know what to do. And so she brings a bunch of men, including Paul Walker and Tyrese, and they're like auditioning for the job that he's offering them, right? Yeah. And the audition is to go and get something in the abandoned parking lot. Yeah. It's, yeah, retrieve... uh... A special package. A special in, package. In a car. And that race is one of my favorites because it has so many cool moments, uh, like Paul Walker f- flipping around and driving backwards while maintaining eye contact. But then he stops right at the stoplight, which makes me think he has, like, you know, eyeballs on the side of his head. He's peripheral, I'm, man. Kind of like a horse of a man. Yeah, that's his, yeah. It's his power. So he must have practiced it. And so they, they're competing with this, like a bunch of other guys, right? Like, yeah, everybody's trying to get the job, including two characters who come around later in the movie. I was trying to figure out maybe they were like the furious guys, and then Paul Walker and Tyrese were the fast people. Yeah, in every scene in these movies, you yeah. can track who's fast and who's furious. That's how they write <laughs> every scene. The most horrific death happens in this job application when the mustang drives under the semi truck and then gets crushed oh my god that's my favorite scene like that guy died (laughs) and nobody talked about it afterwards yeah and that caused another guy to die right because another guy crashed into the car that just got jammed under the semi truck might have that guy could live you think but the guy in the mustang is definitely dead and definitely dead there's no moment even where like (laughs) Tyrese and Paul Walker look at each other and are like, shit, like, there's not even that. They just, they just go. I think they're kind of happy about that. Yeah, which is a a bit psychotic. Like, (laughs) you you can want to win, but not want the other people to die. And so then they arrive to the lot to obtain the package from the confiscated car. And best shot in the movie, Tyrese, upwards angle takes off his yeah. shirt, wraps it around his hand, smashes the window. Yep. And Paul Walker looks at him like, did you have to mm-hmm. do it? And uh, you know, like, it's so weird because obviously the character is kind of flexing for whoever could be around watching. I know. But there's uh, no one around watching. But he still has that flex. Because we are watching and he's doing it for us. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a very subtle breaking of the fourth wall without mm. him actually looking into the camera and winking at us. 
I would say he was the fast one. And we were furious. Yeah. Well, at least I was. Some, sometimes <laughs> the audience is furious in, <laughs> in these situations. And then Markham shows up. Yeah, because he thinks they're, they're fucking around. Because for some reason, and I was kind of surprised, like, he immediately thought that they're, like, leaving. Like, they're leaving, they're taking off. He constantly thinks that. So he wants, <laughs> he knows how hard it is to infiltrate, like, this gang. He even works with a woman who is doing it. But still, like, every time, oh, shit, they're moving. It's like, dude, they're just, like, driving to get gas. What are they doing at a gas station? Yeah, he's like, very insecure. <laughs> there could be, like, a side movie made just from his point of view like how he's always worried about things like he keeps getting this like notifications yeah. on his phone and he just gets upset about that yeah like who's the guy who's the uh, wrangler of um the superheroes or the squad of awesome people you know that's the movie we want to see mm-hmm. and so they make it they are invited by Veroni to be his henchmen his drivers and he also reveals in this very like strange like brunch scene Veroni with Eva Mendes and Paul Walker and Tyrese reveals what was inside this package that led to at least one guy crushed yes. being crushed by the semi-truck. The death so of at least people. one man and But we know uh, more people probably. And that more. truck driver is now uh, traumatized. Oh my god. Now that's the drama movie that they should make and you yeah. never watch it because you don't like drama films. That's a misquote. I think they're bad objectively. No, I'm kidding. Just being furious. <laughs> so he, you know, reveals, Veroni reveals that inside this package that they have retrieved is... A penis chopper offer. A penis chopper offer. A very common Argentinian tool. <laughs> uh, yeah, a cigar cutter. And uh, Tyrese is just being the biggest bitch during this brunch. Just eating with his mouth open. He, this is like a proof that Veroni has no power. Yeah, because this henchman that he just hired is like, fuck you, man. <laughs> he is being such a douche, Tyrese, and then he steals one of the cutters on the way out, yeah. which is insane. That like, like, it would never happen in Ozark, okay? You can never go and steal something from Navarro and put it in your pocket and I be like... I love how, yeah. uh, how much this is being compared to Ozark. I'm sure when John Singleton made this... <laughs> He, he or when knew. Ozark was made, yeah, they, they really were, were thinking back. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's look at some of the classic cartel <laughs> films. Uh, what are we thinking? Okay, The Godfather, yeah. sure. Uh, too Fast, Too Furious, yes. And so uh, Veroni's like, he's like, you're hired. And by the way, at this point, Paul Walker is checking out Eva Mendes's ass really hard. Mm-hmm. And Tyrese doesn't like it because he knows Paul Walker always gets in trouble with the ladies. Because of women. And we know it's true mm -hmm. because that's what happened with uh, the first movie. If we did see that movie, we definitely know that. Yeah, so we know that And if we didn't, this... we assume that's what happened. Yeah. I love how this movie, uh, again, builds up uh, Paul Walker's character, Brian. I wouldn't know, but I believe you. <laughs> 
That's your first mistake. <laughs> what happens after that? Oh, so the uh, Veroni is like, we should get like to know each other better. Why don't you come to the club? That's where, his. You know, that's his idea of like <laughs> being a boss after getting disrespected is taking yeah. them out to a club. This guy has no balls, like yeah. especially for a cartel lord. You want to fuck my wife? How about you come to this club with us? <laughs> it's like, and they he's... do, and that is what Tyrese describes as oasis. An amazing term. Maybe it's out of fashion now, but so is groovy. <laughs> you know, we don't disparage it. What happens at the at the club is Veroni calls out Paul Walker's hots that he's got for Ava Mendes, right? He's like, do you like her? Mm-hmm. And Paul Walker says, because, look, nobody respects this drug lord. He says, yes. Yes, I do. He admits it. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't get killed. Instead, he gets, like, kudos to you. It's very interesting how he just totally cucks this cartel guy. <laughs> and then they get to watch uh, Tyrese and Paul Walker get to watch uh, the cartel torturing an FBI agent. Yeah, so it's this this is where it is a fair attempt at being a boss that Veroni does. I'd say so. This is like legitimately scary, but it's also like dude this takes so long it's so weird uh wouldn't it be scarier if you just like shot a guy in the head but instead it's a very creative torture scene i feel like we've seen a lot of iterations of the heating the rats maybe it wasn't it was novel at the time but um what i said was the fbi agent but actually it's detective whitworth he is on the floor in this back room at the club and uh, on his naked belly, they put a rat and they cover the rat with a like a metal bucket. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, heat up the bucket with fire, like with a torch or some shit, right? Yeah. To cause the rat, because there's no way out for the rat. So yeah, the rat the, it's gonna, not going to chew through the bucket. It's going to chew no. through the soft flesh. And spoiler alert, it doesn't really chew through that. It, it just gives a couple of little scratches. Little scratches. It's It kind of makes it oddly like creepier, just thinking like how long it would take the rat to dig through him, like with those little <laughs> scratches. But it's also a little stupid. <laughs> yeah, because the purpose of the scene really, this is just the background for the scene. The purpose of the scene is for Paul Walker and Tyrese to witness Evan Mendes' character choking almost like the guy who's being tortured right like she like covers his face and so starts suffocating yeah him. she's basically kind of proving that she's pretty bad too and but that, if you that's something... look closely she's barely using her hands like the actor she's very gentle with him if you pay close <laughs> enough attention i'm sure that's just her not having very good choke acting skills but that they kind of play this th- thing up where People aren't sure if she's actually w- still with the cops or if she's maybe fully turned. Right. Like Tyrese. But I never really get that sense from her. I at never all. get that sense. But at there's, all. it's a lot of the characters talk about it. Yeah. That's like definitely poor screenwriting of like the other characters saying it so that it's like almost like exposition for us to be like, oh, like now we, don't we should know. feel that. Yeah. We should feel that, but we don't see her actually do that. So I never was questioning her loyalty to the FBI, but uh, everybody around her, like Paul Walker and Tyrese, they are. Yeah, it's very strange how they do that. 
that's one bad thing about the movie, but just one. Mm-hmm. So there's more fighting between Brian and Roman. You know, is she like what's going on with her? And again, I'm not getting why he's that upset, Roman, at this point. Mm-hmm. But I think just to show that they're not really back to clearing out all the air between them yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's definitely. It's almost like a forced a- fight between them. Yeah, like so convenient that that at that point in the movie where you would want them to have a little inner turmoil, it yeah. suddenly just happens. <laughs> um, and then we find Ludacris again. He's like a judge. He's like so living the life. This guy <laughs> makes money off just like that. People do like jet ski race bets with him all day in Miami. All day. He's so busy. That business is booming. Yeah. He's like got a, a, a shop that seems to be the most high tech shop ever. Yet he's also doing all this illegal stuff. He's just got it made. Now, when they were torturing the guy, just to explain to the plot, so they're torturing the guy, they would, the guy, the guy from this detective is that he's going to give the window of opportunity for a drop to be made, right? The mission, right. Uh, Veronica's uh, uh, mission to be achieved. On the day of the mission, Brian and Roman, they start transporting these duffel bags of money. And so then, then we get those two guys, Enrique and Roberto, riding alongside them. You know, there's two cars. And one of the henchmen is with Brian, another one with Roman, and they have like their own little chemistry going on, each of them and their cars. Did we talk about when they steal the cars from the two meatheads? We did not. You're right. Because they find out that they their cars are bugged by the FBI. That's why the FBI yeah. keeps fucking up, catching them, not doing anything. So they need new cars. So they get those guys who originally competed for the job and do a street race to get their cars, making those guys canon in the films and maybe we'll see them come back as uh, allies for fast 10 maybe how amazing would that be so uh to get back to the big chase this is the big chase and they got this henchman sitting next to them and so of course whitworth the guy who had the rat scratch his belly he's a jerk right he's like he's a rat himself if you think about it right in Mm -hmm. some ways yeah even like looks like it with his hair yeah, he's not a good-looking dude. No need to uh, look him up. He decides oh to call. <laughs> no need to. Even if you're curious about him as an actor, he's so hideous, <laughs> you won't even need to look him up. Not worth the time. <laughs> he decides to call in the police. So he tells them, right? Like, so he calls them. Yeah, I think he's just getting the cops all to go one place. That way the yeah. drug thing can happen. And, oh boy, there are a lot of cops. Mm-hmm. And it's, they're all chasing Brian and Roman. Yeah. Very high-speed chase across the city. I love a good uh, chase against cops like that. Because, like, it's so hard to get away from a helicopter, especially when you're, like, a bright purple car. And especially when you're wearing, also, for some reason, very bright red shirt, which Paul Walker's doing. Like, (laughs) if he gets out of the car, like, people immediately, like, remember him. (laughs) Yeah, like, from a helicopter, it would just look like this bright beacon red dot that's just, hey, follow that. Yeah, they're they're not conspicuous at all with their vehicles or their actions. And by the way... Oh my God, can we mention the electric claw that like exists in the world of this film? That Oh yeah, it's like an EMP using. claw or something. On the IMDb page, I found out in the trivia section that it's an electric device that doesn't exist in real life, but it's created for the excitement of the film. <laughs> so I definitely sure have a lot of excitement when that thing shows up because that was used um, early on when uh, Paul Walker got you know arrested by the police 
in the first race of the yeah. film. Which is which is good screenwriting of have the hero fail against something early and then succeed. He fights the claw real hard because he gets sucked into the car, right? During this big chase at the end. And the claw, like it turns off the engine. Like what does it do exactly? I think it's kind of like a electromagnetic pulse that kind of just targets the car. So all the electronics and everything shut down. There you go. One reason to not have electronics in your car. <laughs> and so Paul Walker rips off a piece of his red shirt, I think. And he climbs out of the window and the car is going like 120 miles an hour. He like starts removing the claw from the car and he succeeds. This is a man who does not give a single fuck. Just knows he has to climb out of his car while it's running and pull out a claw. And so he just does it. I love that that Wikipedia entry like, <laughs> yeah, you know, most things in most movies are made up to add excitement. <laughs> like that should be their intent anyways to add excitement. Like you wouldn't <laughs> see the lightsaber was created in Star Wars as a make-believe item to add excitement to it. You wouldn't say that. Like it's like it just speaks for itself. It's hard to compare this film to Star Wars. It That's, only can be compared well, to the show Ozark. We're nitpicking. Yeah, Ozark is the only true <laughs> one-to-one comparison. But we're also nitpicking some like random copywriting on Wikipedia, probably written by some third-world country writer or something. So at, at this point, Veroni is on the boat, right? Uh, so I think um, Veroni had planted the seed to Eva Mendez that they were going to get out via a plane. Oh, yeah, exactly. But that he was just lying to her. That way he could see if she was going to betray him. So the, all the cops go to the um, airplane and there's nothing there. So they're at the boat for real. And that's where they're going to do it. So that's a surprise to even um, Roman and Brian. And that's how he finds out. The only person who thinks they're using the plane is Eva Mendes. And so when they show up there, it's clear, like the police shows up there, it's clear that she's a rat, right? Yeah, so Veroni's got him. And also Brian is like, hey, are we going to the, the airport? And they're like, wait, why would you think we're going there? Because he shouldn't even know that. So um, basically, they're all, Veroni knows they're all rats, so they're going to be killed. And they, they actually know that already, though, because um, Eva Mendez sneaks into their houseboat where they are hiding out and tells them, hey, Veroni is going to have the guys kill you on the mission. So they were going to be dead anyway. So, th- so they had their plan of putting uh, ejection <laughs> seats in their cars. Oh, my God, the ejection seats. They used one successfully, right? I think Paul Walker did. Yeah, his worked. Uh, which, like, an ejection seat is so crazy. Like, you couldn't think just to, like, even rig up a gun that would just shoot the guy, like, from the glove box or something like that. Like, wouldn't that be easier <laughs> and more sure? And so the second time he tries to use the ejection seat, it doesn't work. Or was it Tyrese? Tyrese tries to yeah, use Tyrese his, right? And doesn't. then it doesn't and it doesn't work, you know, but his uh, intention is revealed and the henchman tries to kill him. Yeah, they start to fight and do some car seat foo. Yeah, he just went with the what he should have done in the first place before trying the injection seat. Yeah. <laughs> he just thrown him out of the fast moving car. Can you imagine if, if at that point in the movie, uh, Terry's got a gun and shot him, shot the guy in the face, like in a graphic death, like the whole movie is the tone 
that it is until that moment. <laughs> yeah, because this is one of the movies that like nothing really spoiler alert, like nothing really bad happens in this film. Like not everybody's explicit. okay. Yeah, it's not graphic. Not at all. I mean, the only person that really dies graphically is that guy under the semi truck. Yeah, and it's more like it doesn't show any blood, and like you don't even think he's possibly in that car, or like, you know, there's no attempt to make a body. So <laughs> even though it's it's horrific, it's not graphic. It's horrific only if you imagine it. It's like theater mm-hmm. of the mind. Use it. Imagine you know? all the people. <laughs> so. Veroni is on this yacht, right? And he is mini yacht. A, it's a pretty mini. <laughs> it's a it's perfect for Veroni. And uh, he tells Eva Mendes go downstairs conveniently. He should be like killing her or torturing her. Instead, he tells her, "Look, just go downstairs, okay?" Which is, of course, perfect because there, Paul's driving his car, and he's gonna with l- his henchman, and they're in the good spot. Like, their relationship is pretty good at this point. Yeah, they don't they... Doesn't he kind of respect him or something? Yeah, there's, like, good... He's like, you're a good driver. He said at least twice in the film, you're a good driver to Paul Walker. And Paul Walker is like, hey, thanks. Uh, he looks better than he sounds, Paul Walker. Well, and anyway. also, just quick sidebar about two of the best line reads in this... Mm-hmm. In film history or in this movie. Oh, wow. One from Paul Walker when he says, forget about it, cuh. <laughs> and you're just like, dude, what are you saying cuh for? Like, cuz, mm-hmm. Very casual. Yeah. Very like, laid back, bar still California type of guy. Yeah. Yeah. And even like, it's a very like Inglewood type of mm. phrase, I believe. Mm-hmm. But uh, so weird coming from him. And then also Roman says, hater. And he like says it like that. Like instead of being like, hater, he's like, hater. And they just leave it in. Like, there had to be another take where he's like... Oh, but by the way, apparently this film ex- had had a lot of improvisation. So I think that's just like what this actor has brought to You have to. With Tyrese, you, you have, have to, to let there be improvisation because he's so good at it. Even though it's nonsense, mm-hmm. he's really good at it. Like, he's the type of guy, if a white character comes on screen who doesn't even look like Harry Potter, he could be like... You Harry Potter looking ass. Oh. And it's funny just because of how he says it and who he is. He sure has a lot more personality than Paul Walker. Very good looking man. Uh, the James Dean of our time. Uh, oh, yeah. In so many ways. Both died in Porsches. But what we remember him by is in that scene, my favorite scene in the film, <laughs> where he and his henchmen, with whom he's very friendly, they look at the boat, the, the mini yacht that's sailing along in the waters parallel to them driving on the shore and paul walker says car boat are you thinking what i'm thinking and yes we're all thinking it because there was the bridge situation mm-hmm. bridge jump in the beginning and what's crazier than bridge jump because bridge guys bridge is a stationary object yes yeah, stationary thing to stationary thing right so as crazy as it is in the beginning it's about to get a, a lot crazier the math the calculation it's truly never grounded but what happens no. is we get a beautiful shot of the car <laughs> jumping into the boat and landing there. Perfect landing. A little bit sore. I think they were a little yeah. sore. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Eva Mendes is safely downstairs because conveniently... She was sent She was sent down She was there. sent downstairs with no purpose. It was almost like exiting an improv scene and not like saying, <laughs> where are you going? 
It's just being like, I want to leave. Like, it was never explained why she went downstairs. Yeah. So she's safe. But what happens is they're sitting in this car on top of this, you know, destroyed, I guess destroyed car at this point, right? On top of the yacht. Oh, yeah. That thing, that thing's not running. Yeah. Nor it needs to. But it served a pretty good purpose. It lead a full life. It really did. And they're getting out. Like They're like, oh, I'm so sore. I think I broke my arm, man. And then they see Baroni holding a gun. Paul Walker grabs the gun and shoots him. And so he's taken into custody, right? He's yeah, not dead. Yeah, he's not dead. Yeah. It, which is really strange how he never comes up again <laughs> in the series, even though <laughs> he's most like set up. Uh, not they planted as he's going to be back. Yeah, and they don't do it in like a, such a serious way, but they, it's more of a joke that like... It's definitely kind of funny. Hey, yeah. Roman, you're talking shit to him, but he's going to be out and come looking for yeah, you. Yeah, because Roman just keeps making fun of him. Yeah. Like, oh, he's like, don't drop soap. <laughs> yeah, he's that type of guy. And uh, and then like, he's going to be definitely out, Paul Walker says. He's definitely going to be yeah. out coming after Yeah, never rest. comes back in the series because he's such back. a weenie. Because he that, was terrible. Yeah, he's he, the worst part of this film. He wouldn't fit and, in as a villain. They'd just be like, dude, no, let's just go beat his ass. And so they have the 100K to start a business in Miami and stay there. Yeah, yeah, they steal it. They jack it. You know, okay, these guys are going to be the same old guys. They always were. And that concludes this installation of Too Fast, Too Furious. So it's a good movie. Compared to... <laughs> Compared to... Good movies dog or shit? bad movies? It's It's a fun movie, you know. I think when we use the term, like, good movie, I think it's easy to be like, oh, so you think Fast and the Furious or Too Fast and Furious is a good movie. Well, so is The Godfather. So is The Godfather as good as Fast and Furious. But it's like, mm -hmm. no, they're good in different ways. They're both trying to be different things. Well, how about comparing it to Fast and Furious 5? Compared to that, Fast and Furious 5 is much better. And I mm -hmm. think most of the movies are much better than Too Fast, Too Furious. Mm -hmm. But it's still really good. It's not that it's bad. It's just those movies are so awesome. Why don't we wrap this up with a quick rating? I'll start. On a 10-point scale, I'm going to take Return of Xander X, the film that I've seen before for this podcast. And that film, I don't remember what I gave it, but in my memory, it lives as a 4 on the 10 scale. Okay. Yeah, if that's a 4... Then I would say that this film is a four as well. <laughs> okay, I think that's actually fair. That makes sense to me. Yeah, I don't miss Vin Diesel like many people would in this film. I, I agree, like Tyrese is interesting. Like, uh, you know, again, my feelings are not as uh, probably intense as what you've experienced with this film. But they're like in the same direction. Like, I also like Tyrese. Like, I think he's good. I really couldn't stand the Cole Hauser's yes. character. It was just, it was never, it was never, like, it was it's such entertaining, a life. I mean, it wasn't for me. Okay. So, <laughs> it was like. I disagree. Was, yeah, we're talking about your Yeah, feelings. it was like, well, why, why? Why? He doesn't even have personality. Like, I don't even know why, like, Devin Aoki was in the film because she was just there doing nothing. What about you, Joe? Where does this film fall for you? Let's say The Fast and the Furious is 10. The first film. The first film. Uh, I'd say this is seven. Wow. Up there. Yeah. It has uh, a lot of street racing. It's like classic Fast and Furious, not necessarily in tone, but as far as um, subject matter. 
Like, it's very much in the roots of street racing, which the later movies don't do as much. I think, like, by five, there's, like, a total of three minutes of street racing in the movie, opposed to this, where there's probably about 30 or 40 minutes of straight street racing. Um, So for that reason, it's really good. It introduces a lot of characters to the franchise. A lot of the characters are interesting just on their own. You do miss Vin, that's for sure. But I do... If you like Vin, you miss Vin. Yeah, I do uh, like this more than I like uh, Tokyo Drift and Mm. more than 4. Are those considered to be like on the lesser side of fast and furious franchise uh tokyo drift a lot of people put that at the top of their list but i think they're Mm -hmm. crazy yeah it doesn't have any of the original characters other than han um but yeah i think it's better than those but i don't think it's better than uh number five number one number five number six number seven or number eight here we go. We covered the entire franchise, and now we know what Joe feels about it. Well, we it. don't have my my exact rating of what I think is the number one, and so on. Uh, I don't think I'm even prepared to say if that. You prepare, if you take the time and prepare, we'll be there for you to analyze it Bonus and talk episode. about it on this podcast. That's right. Well, uh, thank you, Joe. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug? Um, my comic book is up, all 30-something pages of it, at robotblackbeltchampion.com. So you could go there and just read it. It's really fun. And if you liked it, you could donate money. There are donate buttons there. But just enjoy it for free. Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for artwork. Thank you, Carlton Gillespie for videos. Thank you, Andrew Hayworth, for your music. And thank you for listening.